Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 191. Welcome back, Adam Antimaniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you so much for tuning in today. We have got an awesome episode prepared for you today with one of my all-time favorite Canadian artists who is on the podcast for the second time. The one and only Sam Roberts of the Sam Roberts Band is joining us again today. And man, Sam is so cool. I've been a fan of his since I was in high school, and he's just a super laid-back dude. He's a really good hang. Obviously a freaking musical genius. And it was great because the previous time that we met up, we did a a, a quicker interview, and it was at the Bud stage ahead of a show that he was doing. This time we got to meet up at his label's office, so it was a little bit quieter, more chill kind of environment. We had an awesome chat about life and about music, about his current tour and his latest album. The Sam Roberts Band released their eighth studio album last October. It's called The Adventures of Ben Blank. If you're a fan of Sam Roberts like I am, you probably really enjoy this album. The band is also currently on tour across Canada, and they'll have a stop here in Toronto this coming Friday. That's February 9th at History. So go online, get some tickets. I believe there's still tickets available. If you've never seen Sam Roberts before, definitely see him live. I'd be going myself, and I've seen Sam like five or six times already. But I would be there if I wasn't flying out to Argentina this Friday. And if you're not in Toronto, then check out Sam's uh, website or socials. All his dates are on there. I believe there are only two or three shows into this tour, so he might be stopping in a town near you. If by chance you are new to Sam Roberts music or the Sam Roberts band, then we are going to do the Adamantium Recommend segment. So here are five of my favorite Sam Roberts songs. And this is really hard to do because he's got so many good songs. But what I'm going to try and do is pick a few different ones than I probably picked last time Sam was on the podcast. So starting with the brand new album, The Adventures of Ben Blank, I'm going to recommend the song Picture of Love. And then from his 2016 album, Terraform, I'm going to recommend the song If You Want It. From his 2014 album, Low Fantasy, I'm going to pick the song We Are All In This Together. And then I can't do a Sam Roberts list without at least picking these two songs from his debut album, We Were Born In A Flame, back in 2003. The first song is called Where Have All The Good People Gone? And the second one is called Brother Down. And that's it. But really, listen to Sam's greatest hits or his entire discography, because Sam is such a fabulous artist. He really should be in your collection. If you are an Apple Music subscriber, you can check out the Adamantium Recommends playlist, which is a selection of the recommended songs across all the episodes located in one perfectly convenient playlist. If you are a Sam Roberts fan, you know all these songs and all these albums already. You are here today to hear Sam Roberts preach the good word of rock and roll. And I won't keep you from that much longer. But if you are new to the Adamantium podcast, I want to thank you for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you hit that subscribe button on whichever podcast network you choose to get your podcasts. There is another Sam interview from 2021 that you could check out, as well as I'm sure many other artists that you are a fan of. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We are on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on X at Adam R. Harrison. But you can find us just by searching the Adamantium podcast. And that's all the formalities for today. Like I said, I'm going to be going away to Argentina this Friday. So I'll be on vacation for two weeks in which uh, we'll take a brief pause and then we'll get right back into season seven as soon as I get back in the last week of February. 
But for now, let's enjoy today's interview in which we've been blessed with Mr. Sam Roberts of the Sam Roberts Band right here on episode 191 of the Adamantium podcast. Enjoy this episode, everyone. Have a great couple of weeks. God bless you. And we'll see you back here at the end of the month. try to play on the good nights of the week yeah which is is it's tough in the sense that you do have to go back and forth it is tough also, but it makes a lot of sense it's, it makes a lot of sense in trying to you know mm-hmm. like an entice it's an it's such an incredibly competitive mm-hmm. uh, market out there of right course now. because every band in the world especially coming we needed to tour a lot before COVID, but mm-hmm. post COVID, having that sort of three, three and a half year gap, um, everybody needs to be on the road, yeah, basically all the time, yeah. just to keep their head above water. But so. I imagine too, it's tricky even with like uh, like with the venues because yeah. the venues only have Certainly. you know fifty two Saturdays yeah. a year, right? So so it was a real dance to try to yeah. make this one. So you're Kingston next, right? Was it? No, uh, Kitchener. 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 I knew it was a K. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excellent. So how's the tour going? So, well, you're what? Well, three shows two in? shows in. Two shows in. Yeah. And, and it, like, it's, again, it's weird to step out of it, too. You of know, course. Normally, you, you start tour, and then you're it's in. Like day to day. And you're day, in the yeah. mindset. So yeah. this is kind of an, uh, a, a bit of a departure. From in what terms you're used to doing? Getting into it. You know, yeah. Throwing yourself into it. And then you, you sort of. Well, it's away. funny you're mentioning that, because I, I always wondered if. if you know, people did take the days of the week really into yeah much consideration because I remember I know like so my my wife's a dental hygienist mm-hmm. and so she often works late and so like in the summer or whatever it's like well I can't go to that show like I'm working till yeah and so it's like I think the Chili Peppers are here in the summer on like Monday and Wednesday and she's like well can't go to can't that go <laughs> and, that, and that's very much the yeah uh, the reasoning behind mm-hmm. it. Uh, that you don't end up in Calgary on a on a Monday night kind yeah. of thing, and uh, I think the, the the sort of delicate part of the whole thing because the reason why you go out and stay out is mm-hmm. because it just it's financially you know once it, it takes a lot to move to actually start something yeah but once you're moving and you have a bit of momentum it sort of yes yeah. levels out a little bit same for you guys though too because I imagine if you're having like four or five days rest in between you kind of lose a little bit of the well that's what i don't you know we'll see what yeah right and so yeah it's more like what our summer touring it's not like we've never done it before because of what the summer feels like right summers we play thursday friday saturday Mm -hmm. and then we go home then you disconnect for a few days and then by the next Thursday you're back on stage so we are familiar enough with this sort of yeah and you've been doing it long enough (laughs) but uh yeah, it's yeah. it's it's different. We're we're just trying. We're experimenting a little bit with the yeah. format, but cool. I uh, sorry, we did start. I did start rolling already. Yeah, so th- th- we're here with Sam Roberts. Thank you, man, so much for for, for joining me. You're, you're one of my all time favorite Canadian artists. So this is uh, honestly a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks. Um, on on that same note, so the I we did one of these episodes once before, mm-hmm. um, and that was in 2021. I want to say. At yeah. the Bud stage, right? The show with Chaos, yeah. and uh, that was a weird time. I think it was you were lucky enough to be one of like a handful of shows that summer. Mm-hmm. The Bud stage. Now we're back to like seventy six shows yeah. in the summer. Um, did that period and now being able to tour regularly? Did that give you kind of like a 
a breath of fresh air in your your life in music like or uh, I mean maybe yeah but it's not anything I ever want to do again no of course not or want to experience I think I think the damage far outweighed the benefit to mm. be honest of course you. yeah um, you can't you know it happened mm-hmm. we can't undo that but uh, you know if I'm if I'm gonna give a fair yeah an honest analysis of it it's yeah. Yeah, I think it pushed a lot of bands to the brink and a lot of bands uh, into a hole that they're, they can't climb out mm-hmm. of. So we were lucky enough, you know, you talk about the Bud State show or just the handful of shows that we were able to mm-hmm. string together to keep going. Yeah. This is our, this is how we, this but is our lives. Even, even for a place like the Bud Stage or any venue too. Yeah. yeah, is that a stretch? Absolutely. So we, yeah, we haven't even mentioned it, you know, yeah. all, the, all the crew people who... Of course. Who... You know, couldn't uh, couldn't make ends meet. All the venues that closed down yeah. as a result. So, it's uh, it put a lot of pressure on a lot of people, and we're just trying to sort of find our way back. And that's why this tour is such a, yeah. a meaningful one for us. I imagine that too that show because we met we met up before the show. I imagine that show too. There was probably tons of. Uh, like restrictions and tons of things you had to do differently oh, than yeah. you normally would have, you know. Like yeah, there were, you know, you had to fill out sort of online forms about yeah. your, you know, your health and your vaccination status and yeah. all that. And then, of course, the audience doesn't know how to respond. It or was behave. weird. I remember. Yeah. So these are all things that I guess in a it's weird now to think of in a historical like sense. Yeah. Car park. You know, like oh, yeah, the parking played, lot shows. We did one of those here. OLG in or whatever it was. Yeah, and yeah. Then we played one in Ottawa. The Ottawa Blues Fest put on a sort of car yeah. uh, drive-in version. So we, we so, did that, which was... To me, it seems like a weird blip in... Already, like a weird blip in history that's like, I can't... Yeah, like, again, it's, it's two not years ago, but it's, it was like, it's why like did a we... Sci-fi I can't movie. believe we did that, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I don't want to relive No, no, of course not. So let's talk about... Let's talk about the new album. So when we last met, all of us had just come out. Now, your eighth studio album just came out, The Adventures of Ben Blank. So um, it just came out in October. Um, it was recorded here in Toronto at Metrics. Uh, yeah, it was Giant, Giant Studio. Studio. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that album, which is kind of cool, it kind of is like uh, based on a fictitious character mm-hmm. from what I get. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about Ben Blank and... and why you guys decided to do something like that now? Like what, what, what brought the idea? Yeah, I think now is exactly the time when we would sort of, I mean, given what the, what the, the whole sort of idea of Ben Blank is to me, this, this character who leaves his past behind, who leaves mm-hmm. his identity behind. And I'm not saying that you, it, it's necessarily a healthy way of living to sort of try to, erase who you've been in the past yeah. but just to loosen the grip that it has so that you can look to the future with a, a more sort of open set of eyes yeah. instead of always being informed by everything that you've done up until that point mm. and, and the weight that grows with that as you live longer and as you accumulate experience it's like you know it's like layers of earth mm-hmm. Sort of just one on top of the other, it becomes right. very compressed. It can be, it can feel stifling. It can feel hard to move forward. It can be hard to, f- uh, you know, the idea that your your identity, that your personality, that your sense of who you are and where you belong, that it still 
an elastic thing, mm. you know, to keep it fluid mm -hmm. sometimes requires, yeah, a loosening of the, of the grip that your, your past has. So right. that, was, that was the idea of just yeah. kind of wiping the slate clean. Obviously through a character, yeah. you can actually do, do that, it, right. you know, and in this case he just walks and so then, leaves it all in the river and walks off as a, as a blank. It must have been very different for you writing this album then because you're not even, you're writing it from a character's perspective rather than your own. Right. Yeah, I kind of learned a lot about that idea of writing yeah. through a character, not just through this song, but but just a few, you know, the more sort of character-driven songs that have, that mm. you can't really separate the way you feel about mm -hmm. life right. in general, mm -hmm. just because you're writing through the lens of, of a character. Else, yeah. You 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 will find your way into yeah. that, into that character no matter what. So it's always a revelation of yeah. yourself. It's not. It's it's very difficult and in my case i found it almost impossible to, to hide behind hide who you are it's, even, it'll yeah. still come out how yeah. i feel about uh the world around me yeah and my place in it will always come through well it's they even say for like writers who are like writing scripts mm -hmm. and stuff like that like for when if you're a male it's often harder to write for a female character because mm -hmm. even walked in mm -hmm. The female shoes you know to know you can write what you think you know mm -hmm. but you, it's hard to you know you haven't lived that life so as much as you can try and be it you're not that. I, I mean i think you kind of know when you hit a, a universal current mm -hmm. in a way yeah that we all experience right no matter where you come from who you are where mm -hmm. you where you've lived what you've done there are certain things and i find myself going to going back to those places because music is such a communal experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a very personal thing, but yeah, it's, well, going on tour is all about community. Mm -hmm. It's all about sort of bringing people together. So yeah. when writing songs, I find myself going back to those, the community that the streams of experience yeah. that I feel speak to everybody in some way. Yeah. Tell me, tell me how the, the singles like picture, uh, picture of love and, and afterlife tie into Ben's like Ben's uh, adventure or his story. Yeah, I mean, "Picture of Love" is sort of, as the song suggests. It's yeah, a, it's a song about uh, love in all of its colors. Yeah, and it, love being the central mm -hmm. part of the human experience in my in my mind, anyway. Yeah, uh, you can't write the story of a life without writing about love. Love, yeah, in some way, but Do also acknowledging all the sort of you know the bumps and bruises that exist of course and that, that's something that's hard to uh i, I think we have a we have we're, we have an urge to whitewash all of that to, yeah to not to not draw a fair picture i think it. like the opening line even is like is kind of beautifully perfect yeah you draw love with with crooked lines mm -hmm. because it's not mm -hmm. you know it's not a straight line no. you know and to me to me that song actually felt very much like a, a classic Sam Roberts song. Mm -hmm. Like if, if someone, if I didn't know you and someone said, oh, Sam wrote the song 15 years ago, I would say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, there, there are parts of that song that I don't think I could have written 15 years ago. Mm. You know? um, just in terms of... Yeah, where, you're, you're, where you've been. Not accumulating yeah. enough life Interesting, yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel that that sort of, that's the part of every new record that you have to... Mm allow to right. seep into it don't try to revert to some mindset you know i can't be that 22 year old right who's 
out there fighting against the world, you mm-hmm. know, which is how you feel when you're yeah. 22. Like, yeah. you know, you're trying to uh, have a spotlight shining on you to, to yeah. you know, you're waving your hand out at, at life to say like, Hey, I'm here. here I am. I'm yeah. here. Um, whereas I've, I've found this sort of just like a you know, retreating into not into the shadows, but just this natural sort of pulling away from mm-hmm. from you know wanting to occupy that space. And yeah. your song is is your songs are gonna be yeah attached to that movement in some way. Yeah, of course. So each like almost you know an album's almost a chapter of your life, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I mean it's. I think if I wrote, if you think about, you know, I don't know, Bob Dylan putting out two records in a year, the Beatles have got a record every single year. Right, yeah. And then you think about how much changed in musically and, you know, in their, in their lives, even what they looked like, the clothes mm-hmm. they wore, but what they represented, what they thought about, what they were embracing. It was incredibly rapid, uh, rapid fire change. Whereas, you know, we put out a record every three years or mm-hmm. so. So. And that's like. That's good. I mean, it's like, like, that's, like you yeah. say, you feel like you're a different person by the of time course. you come back to mm-hmm. even writing songs again. Yeah. Let alone releasing it to the public and yeah. going out there and performing and and uh, so yeah, it's it it is a chapter and it's you know, hopefully a chapter in a long, a long book with a happy ending. Yeah, it's a chapter. Well, that's so that's what we all want, right? Um, well, and then speaking of afterlife, <laughs> that when I was reading about that song, it was kind of de- described as kind of like a. A finger to the you know the prospect of death mm-hmm. yeah so tell me about a little bit that and again how it maybe applies to this character well yeah i think it's it is really very much about trying to stay stay in the present moment mm-hmm. and how difficult that can be and how mm-hmm. you know you're you're always being pulled either backwards mm-hmm. or far forward into the future what right. you want your life to look like where you think you're going uh, an afterlife for me was is a call to mm-hmm. stay fixed here and really, uh, really live. I, again, easier said than done. Yeah, but I think it's a reminder anyway mm-hmm. to uh, you put some of your energy into yeah what, what you do in the in in the moment. There was I was looking through your uh, Instagram posts yesterday, and there was one where you guys kind of picked out your favorite songs from 2023 mm-hmm. and the songs from the album that kind of you had the softest spot for mm-hmm. and the one that you picked was Bad Country mm-hmm. which I found really, that's one of my favorite songs on the album um, so I wanted to know from your perspective what what why that song was so special to you I, I wrote the riff for that song a really long time ago okay uh, I, we were making Chemical City so oh wow 20 yeah, yeah. years ago basically yeah. um, the, the riff was there and it just, it just was so persistent, but mm-hmm. also defiant. And I say defiant in the sense that it would never, it just never revealed itself as, okay. a, as a song. You know, I pick, I play it, you know, a couple of times a year, and and see if there was some other new development or some other idea that I could attach to it and yeah. pull it into something. Um, but it wasn't until this sort of the idea that this character was walking out into, you know, the desert being a perfect, yeah, I guess, uh, environment for for the idea of well, that melody too it feels almost yeah, like and a... then all of a sudden it, it became this song about 
thorns and, and yeah. a, a sweeping sort of barren landscape. And then once you see that, then all of a sudden this riff, which had refused to become anything else, yeah. just kind of, then it opens up to you. And yeah. I find it, it's one of those things about songs that it, that continues to kind of, and I'm not a believer at all, to be honest, in like, you know, songwriters and antenna. It's it's work. Like yeah, you, yeah. You work at it. And this song was a lot of work for me to get to the point where it, you know, so I could all, push it past. There's definitely this. like a satisfaction to it. Yeah. Like, and know, I think that that's why I feel attached to it in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Because it's stuck with me for such it's a long time. It's almost like a, you know, my baby moment, you know. Yeah. Now my baby's grown mm-hmm. up and here it is. And yeah. Living and breathing in this song. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um, um, in between the last couple albums you've also been working with uh, some kind of other Canadian treasures mm-hmm. um, in Anyway Gang yes which they, is, are treasures. they are treasures they are treasures they are treasures and um, tell me tell me how that the four of you came to be well Meadow Versteeg uh, and uh, toured in Colorado yeah uh, with us uh, we played in Colorado and we toured together so we became uh, friends over the course of that tour and Chris I'd known for for mm-hmm. years uh, just through well I was a huge Sloan fan and the first time I ever saw you was at a show on the Toronto Island yeah and that Sloan was headlining yeah, yeah Jay Ferguson from Sloan sort of had spearheaded that whole yeah thing and he's you know he'd ask us to play and then he's like you gotta check out this band called Arcade Fire yeah they played they were, at like noon yeah they yeah. were literally just <laughs> So, you know, he sent me the Arcade Fire uh, EP, and I'd never heard it before. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then literally five minutes after that show, they just sort of yeah. took off. But uh, anyway, yeah, so we've always had this, you know, relationship with Sloan from over the years. I, I had met Dave Monks a few times as well from Tokyo Police Club. And Menno is the kind of guy who just, when he gets an idea... Mm-hmm. He's not gonna let it go. Okay. He's like a, a Jack Russell Terrier. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and so his first idea was that he was gonna write a space rock opera. Okay. And he wanted me to play, if not the lead character in this Odyssey, then so, so I was really glad when he said, No, check that. We're gonna start a band with you. Chris Murphy and, and and Dave Monks instead. So I was like, okay, if it's if it gets me out of playing in the space rock, yeah, opera, yeah, I'm in. So um, yeah, that was the birth of of Anyway Gang. Uh, we just played on the holiday train. Yeah, that's super cool. Canada. Yeah, yeah. So that's the true test of a band's uh, friendship. Okay, and we survived. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway, gang, still. So tell alive. tell people who might know what's what's the holiday train. What's that? Yeah, the CPKC yeah. holiday train is a it's a a train that rolls across Canada and also down to the U.S. And the middle of it's adorned with thousands upon thousands of Christmas lights mm-hmm. and reindeer on top, and yeah, and it rolls across the country, and the middle car opens up as a stage and there's a band playing 
So it's pretty cool. You, op- it, you know, you go from being in this sort of heated rail car to minus forty in the middle of Saskatchewan. Yeah, that part I didn't know. About. I didn't know that there was a stage in it. I knew oh yeah, about the holiday. Yeah. So it looks like a rail car. You would never yeah. know, but the door, like they've retrofitted it for yeah. the doors to open up. And sometimes you're playing for. So when you're playing, you're outside. Yeah. Oh wow. You walk out onto the thing into yeah. whatever the Canadian winter has yeah, in yeah. store for you, and every stop they give. A, a donation to the local food bank so okay yeah, yeah cpkc uh, is the rail company they give you know it's a wonderful sort of charitable endeavor and the musicians are there to so you guys are stuck on a train together for yeah for how you live long? on a train yeah. in this case for two weeks we're yeah which is which is long long time to be on a train yeah it's, it is um but uh, you just get into this this mode yeah where you play sometimes seven eight shows a day wow uh, it's a lot and sometimes it's in front of 40 people yeah in some of the rural communities and sometimes we played for 20,000 people in, uh, in Saskatoon yeah. so there's this huge you know this broad spectrum yeah. of of uh, cool experience oh yeah, yeah. it's cool I've, I did I've done it a few years prior with my own so what's role. is the, does the dynamic change like because now you've got you know three front men pretty much in yeah. one band like how does that dynamic change especially it's when you're writing songs a lot of competition up front of there. course yeah well the way we did that was to just say that everybody has to write two songs okay yeah so which is great and then who wrote it, Eyes of Green because that was that's Menno that's that's, yeah that was that's I, a great song I love that yeah, song yeah too. so you know it's, which we kind of all just chip in our two yeah. songs worth and that, that means that the records are not necessarily going to be yeah even, you know they're not cohesive necessarily right. even in, in this and which I, I I love about it yeah you know they're, they're very sort of eclectic mm-hmm. um, and different voices throughout the songs yeah. instead of you know there being that one one mm-hmm. voice that kind of carries the whole tune and so it's a real stretch from I guess all of us also coming, like a bit of a different you know it's not the same pressure as writing a song for your band where it's like, you know, your fans expect a certain, or expect to yeah. hear something. It's like, it's almost like a, I don't know, like, I don't know, so like a free... Uh, it's freeing. It's freeing, yeah. It's freeing it's for me, for say, sure, yeah. you know, and, and also just performing, being mm-hmm. on stage and not being yeah. responsible for singing every note of every song. Right, yeah. And now I'm just playing, you know, acoustic guitar and chiming in with a few harmonies from yeah. time to time uh, and then yeah not not having to sort of I don't want to say carry the show uh, yeah. but it's just you, you feel a different yeah it's a different feeling being on stage so, uh, anyway it's been, it's been a lot of fun for sure uh, last year was also the 20th anniversary mm-hmm. I believe we were born in a flame yeah. did you what would you guys do to celebrate we put on a new album yeah <laughs> Did you do like a, one of no. those anniversary shows where you no. played it beginning to end? No, we didn't. No, no? Uh, I, we didn't feel. I think that it's this weird uh, thing to to have you sort of reach this milestone, which you want to acknowledge mm-hmm. and you should. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of how you got to where you are, and you you it, it opened that record. Is still the foundation mm-hmm. for for everything that's happened to us yeah. since then. But if you spend too much time mm-hmm. dwelling on yeah. on that, then it's sort of your ability to look forward again. Mm-hmm. And I think the whole idea of this new record is all about you know sort of trying to focus on mm-hmm. the future instead of yeah. instead of looking 
backwards yeah. all the time. So because he, the back, it's so easy and tempting mm-hmm. to spend time in the glory days. Yeah, you know? of course. It's, it's so intoxicating to spend time mm-hmm. reliving those right. early tour days when everything was mm-hmm. new and full of mystery and, and wonder and there was so much electricity around everything. Yeah. But if you, if, again, if you spend too much time there, then it becomes really hard to keep the fire stoked yeah. for, the, for today. And this, yeah. is, this has just been the, the mission that, for our band anyway. Like the, the newest record is the most important record. Right. And we lean on it now mm-hmm. when we're on tour. We're yeah. playing almost the entire thing every night. Yeah. Knowing that it may never get, you know, it, it, it'll never be the same again that way. Mm-hmm. You know? Which is also kind of exciting, you know. Yeah, because some of gives more motivation. Go to sleep, you know, yeah. or, or maybe yeah. to sleep for fifteen years. Well, it's, it's and, funny, like because I've I've interviewed bands who are on an anniversary tour, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, you know, some of these songs I had to completely relearn because I just haven't played it in yeah. twenty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then even sometimes they'll be like, you know, saying this lyric is almost cringe because like I don't, yeah, it's not me anymore, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. You know, we're just talking. The different phases that you're yeah. capturing with every record. Mm-hmm. Not that you intentionally do that, or not that you. It's not even that you're hyper conscious of the fact yeah. that you're you know you're in some different phase in your life. Yeah. But when you listen back to it, you say, "Oh well, yeah, I was clearly a younger person dealing mm-hmm. with a very different set of circumstances yeah. at that point." Yeah. And you know, oh, this is when you know had kids and yeah was living a different sort of thing and now it's more a time of all right what's next yeah and yeah you have to let all those things yeah have their time i've, I've said it so many times on 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 this podcast because this conversation has come up before and it's like the example i always give is uh, there was this interview i watched with Slipknot and mm-hmm. someone asked them about like you know your fans are getting critical because you're not angry enough anymore right. like, well we're not angry <laughs> like, not, we're not, they play golf yeah whatever, we're not, we're, you not know, like, yeah, we're not 20 and yeah. like you know, it's that so um, we're uh, I mean that being said We Were Born in the Flame was mm-hmm. we were, yeah We Were Born in the Flame was like one of my albums of my youth like came out when I was in grade 12 it was I was you know in high school Mm-hmm. This is when you really, I find, is when you really discover Absolutely. your musical direction, and it, it was uh, an album that led me where, <laughs> where I wanted to go with with music. So, well, I'm glad, yeah. I'm glad that it, you know that it was a part of your your journey. And again, I think without that record, we wouldn't. Well, I probably wouldn't be talking to you. Yeah, maybe. I know, maybe I know, because we had made lots of music before that mm-hmm. that had been. You know, threw a lot of yeah. paint against the wall, and nothing mm. had stuck until that. Uh, you know, and that until through whatever window yeah. of opportunity had opened, uh, we we managed to. Yeah, you know. we were. We started this conversation with talking about you know the the tour and venues. Now you know, having the successful career that you've had, I'm sure you've played just about every venue mm-hmm. across the country. What are some of those? venues for you because I think is this your first time at History on it is Friday? First yeah, time history, on pretty so much a brand new I venue. can't speak to that but uh, I've heard nothing but good things it is it is a great I think you're going to like it And uh, but tell me about some of the venues to you that mm-hmm. that, that hold a soft spot that you're always looking forward to going yeah. back to uh, you know some of them don't exist anymore unfortunately mm-hmm. uh, like the Spectrum in Montreal yeah. is my favorite place to see a show mm-hmm. and definitely my favorite to play 
um, the Commodore in Vancouver is, mm-hmm. uh, there's just yeah. something about that room, uh, there's a sort of electricity to the place that, uh, you know, whether you're watching a rock and roll band, I saw Snoop Dogg play there, yeah. I saw Toots and the Maytals play there, like, it just seems to lend itself to, to whoever's there. Whoever's yeah. there. And and has this amazing kind of springy f- dance floor too, yeah. which uh, you know I think sort of just adds this kind of like a, a weird ver- yeah. verticalness to the yeah. crowd out there yeah. too. Um, and yeah, that definitely you know there's some beautiful grand rooms. You know, obviously Massey Hall here in mm-hmm. Toronto, which has just been. Given a, a have you been since I it's been renovated? Been, okay, so yeah. but we played there a few times, and you know, I guess that's a place where you really feel the sort of weight of the history mm-hmm. of the place, yeah. yeah, and it takes on an added significance when you're when it's your turn, yeah, to step onto the stage. I imagine the way it's built, too. I imagine on the stage, you really feel like the audience is like. Like yeah. surrounding you because, absolutely yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a sort of verticality verticality yeah like, like that yeah. is very rare yeah and it's not like super wide no. either so it just like, feels like steep, almost on top of you yeah. yeah yeah. so just a very special place to play absolutely is there anywhere still on the bucket list? Uh, in Canada man in Canada I'm not playing not, not necessarily just in Canada I mean just in general oh my god Yeah, I mean you know there's so many venues over in like the Paradise Lounge in Amsterdam. We've only yeah. ever played the small room, but the big room downstairs is one of the coolest okay. places to see a yeah. show. Um, I don't know. Opening for a band in at Madison Square Gardens yeah. just to see it, and, yeah, you know, just to see your name and, and yeah, Madison and, Square Gardens. Know, just the the opening band, the tiny letter. <laughs> I, I don't care what it yeah, is. Yeah. Just get you in. The, have you been, have you ever done Red Rocks or something? No, I mean yeah. yeah there's so many of those uh, yeah. those outdoor festivals. The one that we played a few times called Sasquatch Festival. Yeah, yeah. At the Gorge. In, yeah, that's uh, cool. In uh, Washington State was uh, really a spectacular. That's cool. spot as well in terms of incorporating the natural mm-hmm. landscape yeah. into the setup. That's cool. Before I let you go, I, I couldn't end the interview without. I know you're a soccer fan too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, the big, last time we spoke about how well the Canadian women did mm-hmm. in the Tokyo Olympics. Um, did you see the schedule, the announcement yesterday, the World Cup scheduling? No, I didn't. No. Yeah, so now we're getting 13 games in Canada. Okay. Six in Toronto, seven in Vancouver. Canada's opening matches here at BMO Field. Um, so uh, finals at MetLife mm-hmm. in in New Jersey. Um, so tell me, like, what what did you? How did you feel watching Canada in the the World Cup? Oh, I mean, it was you know as a I, not just a soccer fan, but as somebody who grew up playing mm-hmm. the sport and knowing what it. The last time Canada played was in Mexico in the eighties. I was born actually. Yeah. Um, it was two years before I was born, and it was eighty six. Eighty six. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that on TV, and in those mm-hmm. days, you couldn't. There wasn't. You couldn't watch soccer. No. It just didn't exist in Canada. You could yeah. watch hockey. Yeah. Uh, but you, this, there was never a soccer game broadcast. Yeah. And when you're when you're when you're growing up playing the sport, everything was an exercise of the imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to 
um, people, you didn't know what Maradona looked like, and you would only see him the, when yeah. at the World Cup kind of thing. So, and and seeing Canada playing then, and then not seeing them play for it was thirty years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just you kind of recognize the impact that that has on yeah. on a young mm-hmm. soccer player because it instantly becomes, but well, that's something I can do. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's that's the kind of motivation I think when you're you know you're a young mm-hmm. athlete yeah, or even a musician yeah. as well. It's just yeah. like, oh well if they can do that I, I mm-hmm. and having that sort of that level of ambition and mm-hmm. aspiration sort of become clearer to you because of the fact that there's a national team now mm-hmm. that's you know making oh, waves a, a superstar we, now, absolutely too. two arguably two super and yeah yeah Cajun Buchanan, uh, yeah he just you know, went to Inter Milan yeah, so I'm like yeah. okay you know this like there's a mm-hmm. so my, my son plays a lot of soccer yeah. back in Montreal and to see him and his teammates getting together to watch a game mm-hmm. and you know just celebrating the fact that you know they're that's gonna stick with them yeah and and I think it's a, it's a huge again we've been following the the women's soccer mm-hmm. lead in this country yeah. for for such a long time mm-hmm. so I'm I'm glad to see that it's it's true it's unfortunate I think the you know if if you just were to read the scorebook it doesn't really tell the full story you yeah know, we were, I think we were unfortunate to have literally yeah. the hardest group in the World Cup absolutely yeah. you know but and again it's a learning thing. And they said, you know, they, they, as they talk about, these players have to get experience, not just mm-hmm. at the World Cup on that level. That was yeah. a big part of the conversation. It's like more players need to be playing at a high level. I think the biggest now. thing now is the organization really needs to get behind the team. Yeah, you know, I think... They need to get games, they need to get friendlies. Because now, now is like, one, the golden age of the team. Mm-hmm. And two, we're hosting a World Cup in two years you know and, and I think you know the hopefulness comes in the fact mm-hmm. that if you see the number of kids playing soccer yeah these days, it's true yeah it's off the charts you can't get field time anymore yeah. no no it's you like, can't you as an adult yeah. like because I, I played up until a couple of years ago we were having to play at like 11pm at night oh, yeah. because you know the youths were you know had the, had the fields until yeah you know all the prime hours but yeah so, so once that sort of you know, gets mm-hmm. into the, the bloodstream of the country and yeah. then uh, we'll start to see good things. Yeah, and I think too, like, uh, you know, having, like you said, back in when we made the first work and we couldn't even watch it, mm-hmm. I think now having exposure and being able to see is now, especially with our country being so multicultural mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, oh, my papa's Italian, now I can watch Italy, now brings more interest and more, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Some, so, yeah. Hopefully, bright things to come. Yeah. You know? What is what's the football you like to watch? If you're going to watch football, what do you like to watch the most? I well, I mean, I support Liverpool. Liverpool. So, okay. Yeah. So I watch Premier League. Yeah. The most. My son was really a big Barcelona fan. Okay. Uh, Messi fan. Messi fan, and so I watched all the Barcelona games yeah. as well. And now he's switched allegiance to Arsenal. Oh really? Yeah. Which okay. is the lecture we have as So Canadians. yesterday, you guys had a... Exactly, that was yeah, not I, I was going to say, you guys speak glad, yesterday? I'm glad <laughs> I was out of town for that. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, that... So, it, it's kind of a luxury as Canadians. We, yeah. It's not happening... You know, now, with MLS, like, we, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we have a team in It's our, stepping up. It's in stepping our backyard yeah. that we can mm-hmm. throw our, our support behind. Yeah, it's so. a World Cup venue now, you know? Yeah, like, so yeah. CF Montreal now is... Yeah. Have you ever gotten a chance to go to a game over in England? 
Uh, never in England, no. I've yeah. been to, I saw Barcelona though. In, in oh, in Camp Nou? Yeah. Which yeah. is cool. Yeah. That was cool. That's awesome. I was super lucky, just like the way things, I was, I got to see Paris Saint-Germain last year. Amazing. And I saw Manchester United at Old Trafford. That's just happened to work out. My cousin was able to get tickets. It stinks because Manchester is not great right now. And they lost to Crystal Palace when I was there. But <laughs> They won yesterday. But we're, yeah, they did. That was a big game, actually. Um, and then I'm actually... My, my wife and I are going to Argentina on Friday. Amazing. And I was able to get a Spoka Juniors tickets, Incredible. which I've heard That's is gonna like be top five atmosphere. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So we'll enjoy that. Yeah, that's cool, Sam. Fan, thank you so much My again pleasure. for doing this. Thanks. Yeah, this is great. Thank you. Yeah, I'll do it again. Thanks, Evan. The Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.